Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. This amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel. Superman! Welcome to this special Christmas episode of Superman Lives. I am your host, Christopher Moe, and we are in this episode going to pause before we dive into the entire Funeral for a Friend storyline, which of course followed the famous Death of Superman story arc. We discussed that over several episodes, and then we had a uh, the first edition of the Metropolis Mailbag, which was um, last week, I believe, or the week before. And that episode saw me answering um, listener mail. And I did want to go over um, the Funeral for a Friend arc. In fact, that would have been last week. And then I gave it some thought. And I decided that it would be better to focus on this one story because, of course, it is so relevant. It is set during Christmas. And it really is about the Christmas spirit and about Superman in a way that very few Superman issues have ever been about Superman because in this issue, Superman is nowhere to be found. He is dead and buried, literally, at this point. Um, And so it's a very unique story. A lot of readers of that era or folks who've gone back and read since then are familiar with this. This is Metropolis Mailbag number two, uh, and it is a sequel to the very first Metropolis Mailbag. So I'll give you a little bit of background on that first issue. I believe, I could be wrong, but I think it was Superman 73 or 74. And it was the first instance in which we see Superman going to the Metropolis post office and seeing piles. And it's not the first time he's done it, but it's the first time we see him doing it. Hundreds of thousands, if not more, letters from across the globe. And and he's... Um, He's really not happy about it. He's somewhat uh, grim throughout the the at least the early part of the issue because he he feels as if it's overwhelming. He feels that he can't do it, um, and he feels that also he's kind of disgusted by some of the letters he gets, which are just asking him to help people to capitalize on his abilities and to you know um, one one letter in particular is someone asking him to enter into a business venture and he feels exploited. Now, this is an idea that is of the era. It's an idea that is of this particular version of Superman rooted in Man of Steel by John Byrne because we see that and I believe the first issue of Man of Steel, Superman, of course, is watching the Constitution space plane being launched. Lois Lane is aboard. He leaps uh, into the sky from that crowd, catches the plane, lands it, and that is his debut in the post-crisis continuity, and he's swamped by people. Unlike the uh, some of the postmodern takes on this idea, he's not feared by everyone. He's swamped instead. He's People are fascinated by him, but they're also wanting, as he tells Pa Kent later, he flies off, goes to Smallville and talks to Pa Kent about it, and he says, everyone wanted a piece of me. So this this version of Superman does occasionally feel the weight of being Superman. He, he feels the weight of um, thinking that he has to help everyone or the impossibility of helping everyone. 
And I think there's a validity to that take, although some folks would maybe disagree. And I, I will say this: I don't particularly care for that as a, um, as a long-lasting or even really a strong element in a Superman story and characterization of Superman. Because I don't believe Clark Kent, in his formation as a child and growing up with Jonathan and Martha, I'm not saying he can't have these human feelings. But it seems to me that that he would learn fairly quickly by the by the time he's become Superman. He has been active either as Superboy or in the post-crisis continuity and others. He's been helping and and realizing he can't help everyone. So by the time he's been Superman, it feels to me that that he wouldn't really uh, do a whole lot of um, complaining, which we do see in that first Metropolis mailbag. Um, we, he wouldn't be complaining all that much about it. I think he would just focus on what he can do. Your mileage may vary, and I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad story by far. It is very much of the time and very much of this version of Superman. And my preferred version, which we really haven't gotten into, but I like a synthesis of all of the eras, but heavy silver Bronze Age. As far as the mythology, as far as the characterization of Superman in this, I, as a character who instills hope, and even if he feels some hopelessness himself, he is still going to embody hope. So he's not going to share that. Uh, now, in the context of that original Metropolis mailbag, he's only sharing this with Lois. They're engaged. She knows he's Superman at this point, and um, she's writing a story about it. But uh, And so I guess it's okay there, but it's something that I feel is is not really... Um, an element I would want to see in a Superman story as much. This was 1990, I think, when they were, or 91 when this story came out. So it's very much, again, of the era. Uh, and and what we do have is, again, a very serious psychological treatment of Superman as a human being. And that was the whole gist of the John Byrne take, the post-crisis take. So it's certainly legitimate. That story is beautiful, though, overall, because we have Superman reuniting um, a Holocaust survivor who believes that no one in her family has survived. She learns she has a sister, and she can't in any way, shape, or form uh, uh, afford or reach her sister. And so Superman reads this letter she's written and flies her to Germany to meet her, and the American embassy takes care of her, and and it's a beautiful thing. And he also uh, helps with um, he. Well, and one of the things that I kind of very much of the era is that there's a child who writes to him, drawing him a picture of Superman, and then in that in that same envelope a letter saying, "I know you can help my dad. He's got a brain tumor. Doctors can't help him." but I know you can because you can do anything. And he tells Lois, this is heartbreaking because I can't do everything. Now that's it to me is the way to go if you're going to do that kind of an angle. Because no, there are, there are, there are yes, I should say, there are things he can't do. Um, but to kind of um, use that as the distinction Jurgens does with that story where he has Superman telling the kid, I'm Superman, uh, not Superman, the distinction he makes to this this young boy whose dad dies before he even gets there, um, is that I can't do everything. I'm just a man with powers. That, yeah, again, your, your mileage may vary. For me, that's not how I see Superman. There's a much more complex 
characterization. And I think that it's much more complex than the idea, oh, Clark is just the disguise, but it's also much more complex than the other extreme, which is, oh, Superman is just what I do. There's a complexity there, almost as if we're dealing with a person who is, and it's one of the reasons I love All-Star Superman, because it does really tap into that. The idea that Superman is all of those things, and, and these are all elements of one character and one person who's had these unique experiences, and, and, and also it's going to depend on the era in, in the terms of how long was he on Krypton? Was he on Krypton at all? Of course, the burn Superman had no connection really to Krypton at all, um, born on Earth. So that I understand completely, but um, it, it's just something we have to, I think, talk about in this because it's characterization-wise, if you did a story like this prior, even in the Bronze Age, it probably would be, um, it, would, it would not see Superman doing this sort of, um, almost kind of a of a complaining as is the best word I can use, and it's not something I like to see uh, with Superman. That's just me, but it is overall a beautiful story because of the things that Superman achieves. He even brings in Bruce Wayne at some point, and he plays Santa Claus while Clark, in an all black uh, costume, you know, like a body stocking, flies um, flies Bruce in as Santa and lands him. Um, on the roof, I think, of a daily planet. I forget where because they have some orphans, if, if memory serves, who who maybe the orphanage had been destroyed or burned down. It's been a many years since I've read the whole issue. Um, and he provides him with presents and, you know, and and uh, Bruce is Santa. And the Wayne, Wayne Tech, of course, um, Wayne Enterprises donates all the toys and takes care of the kids. And um, so that's it's a beautiful story. But it does have that kind of underlining element. What is... I think very effective about the sequel, which is Metropolis Mailbag 2, is this idea that Superman is dead, but he is still alive. And that's why it's such a unique issue. All of these issues, really, were so unique in that the spirit of Superman is living, despite the character himself being dead at the time. And so we are now looking and, and specifically talking about this part of the Funeral for a Friend storyline. This would be Chapter 4, and it is Superman 76, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Jurgens and Brett Breeding. It has a cover depicting uh, Batman surrounded by the other icons of the DC Universe wearing their black armbands, and he is tossing, or letting fall, I should is probably the better description, the tattered cape of Superman uh, off of the the side of the ledge uh, the metro of the uh, Daily Planet building. All these heroes mourning Superman's loss. Uh, and, of course, that, that tattered cape got around quite a bit because in, in story, we do see Lois take it, and she takes it back to Clark's apartment. Um, and so how Batman got it to let it fall off of the, the building, again, it's more about the imagery and the significance. And so the issue starts with all of these heroes coming together, Metropolis Mailbag, number two, the title, and they are coming together on the roof of the Daily Planet. And the reason for this, it's raining. It's it's very um, dark, kind of uh, sad morning sort of time of course because superman has just his funeral happens in the issue prior and man of steel issue before and so we have the heroes coming in in fact we have captain marvel landing here talking to uh, an assemblage of heroes including wonder woman batman tim drake robin aquaman guy gardner uh, power girl and hal jordan uh, and they're reminiscing about superman and um, they are we we then see mitch now mitch we talked about quite a bit during the death 
of Superman arc. He returns in a big way in the funeral for a friend and then sort of goes away for a while. But I loved Mitch as a character and I still do. And I love the, um, I love the, the journey he goes on from when we meet him until the end of this particular, uh, story featuring him. And he will return in, in subsequent issues. Many, I don't think the Jurgens team did anything with him. That might've been later in other runs. Um, but we see, um, Mitch, and he's saying that life sucks. He's here uh, in Metropolis in the rain. And the reason is this, that he is feeling guilty because Superman is dead and he blames himself. So if you you recall, Mitch uh, is home and he says something really terrible to his mom. He's like, he says, I understand why dad would divorce you uh, or leave you. And then in flies ice of the Justice League and it's doomsday. And then eventually Superman comes and they have this big battle, the house destroyed, their house destroyed in the process. And the house is burning and Mitch is with his mother and little sister, baby sister. And Superman has flown off to chase doomsday. They're fighting and he calls out Superman, please help him help. No one else can help because the rest of the league at this point has been badly beaten and Superman hears him but says, I'm hoping somebody else can can help. He ends up flying back after he temporarily takes Doomsday uh, out of the equation, and he flies them out of the fire, and that's when Doomsday comes. So um, it was when their battle resumes, and Mitch blames himself because he believes if Superman had not come back to save them, then he wouldn't have died. And uh, so he's blaming himself for that. And he's come to Metropolis to look for, so he's run away from home. And he has come to Metropolis looking for a relative of Superman. And there's a woman saying, I am as a Superman. Um, She says, though we kept it all secret all these years, the truth can now be told. She's having a press conference. And, uh, of course, Lois finds out about this and is very dismissive because she is Mrs. Superman, or was going to be at least, and is uh, very harsh in her dismissal of this woman, as I think she has every right to be. Um, And so um, she goes off leaving Jimmy, who's reporting on this Mrs. Superman uh, deal as well. And that's when Mitch walks up and meets Jimmy Olsen. They begin to talk. He explains why he's there. Mitch explains to uh, Jimmy why he's there. And, um, And he then says this is not really anyone related to Superman. This is somebody taking advantage of of his death and invites him to come and um, get a bite to eat with him. So they go. Uh, meanwhile, Lois goes to um, her apartment and the Kents are there to welcome uh, her and to comfort her, as well as Lana Lang. Now, all of this we will talk about in depth when we get to uh, that episode, when we go over the entire arc. Right now, I just want to fo- focus on the Christmas and the Metropolis mailbag element. So we have the mailman um, at the post office who is explaining that this will be the first time that Superman's ever missed reading all of his mail sent from around the world to Superman, General Delivery Metropolis. Um, and um, Hal Jordan says, when you contacted the JLA, I expected to see a lot of letters not nowhere near this many. And so uh, there are just, again, hundreds of thousands of bags, uh, mail that's on the ground because they haven't had any real place to put it. There's so much of it. Um, And uh, so Wonder Woman is saying, uh, of course, Guy Gardner being Guy Gardner, very dismissive, saying these are just a bunch of people asking for something and, um, and just wanting a handout. 
And Wonder Woman says, there are a number of truly unfortunate souls in this world. I have nothing but admiration for a man who is willing to give himself to help those who often go unheard. And uh, so uh, we have Nightwing, Dick Grayson. He says, this letter is from a kid who wants Superman to bring him some artifact from another planet the next time he leaves Earth. Um, and then Aquaman reads one about an equal share of profits. Um from a man who wants Superman to help him find a lost city of gold. And um, so at this point, we have uh, Guy Gardner finding a, a letter that says, "This old uh, well, he reads, this old gal is terminal and about to kick off. Seems she wanted Big Blue to help her find her son who split over 30 years ago. And um, so Dr., I guess that's Dr. Light, um, I'm thinking, the, the new at the time, Dr. Light, we're here not just to read the mail, do something about it. And um, so Guy goes off to find this this man and reunite him with his mother. And Wally West, meanwhile, is talking about a farmer who suffered through so many droughts he's about to lose his farm, begging Superman to make it rain. And Wonder Woman says it must have been so hard for Kal-El to read these things and not be able to do anything about it. Um, and then we have this letter. A thank you note written by a woman who Superman had already helped. Though her house was destroyed by a savage monster, she thanks Superman for saving her family's lives. Of course, this is Mitch's mom, and she's talking about the battle with Doomsday, not knowing that, you know, at the time she wrote it, that Superman would die. Um, and so uh, we have Wonder Woman continuing, even in the face of being homeless and in financial ruin, this poor woman thanked Superman. Recently, too, says Flash... Looks like this mail was uh, this was mailed the day he died, so she didn't know she mailed it, and of course that day he he died in the battle with Doomsday. Um, so Wonder Woman says, "Flash, Green Lantern, I believe this is our opportunity to repay Superman." So they fly off to help this family. Meanwhile, Mitch is unaware of this. Of course, he is at the Hobbs Bay Grill, not only with Jimmy Olsen, but with Bibbo Babowski, wonderful character from this era, uh, who we will talk much more about in depth when we um, dive into the, the Funeral for a Friend storyline. And, um, and so they're commiserating, talking about Superman, and, and uh, then Mitch is saying, it's my fault Superman's dead, and Bibbo is saying, there was nothing you could have done to super, save Superman, and there is, um, it's not at all your fault. He did what he was going to do. He was going to help no matter the cost to himself. And so Mitch explains, I came over here because I wanted to try and apologize to anybody related. And of course, Bibbo says, ah, my, my pal, because of course he's his favorite. He says, my favorite is a bachelor. Um, and uh, so he says, what's so weird is that my own old man, this is Mitch talking, ditched us months ago like he didn't care anymore. He always said he should never have been married, and we so we got dumped. And then a complete stranger comes along and stands up for us. Superman died fighting for us while my own father was nowhere to be seen. And um, Jimmy says, I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. Uh, Superman didn't have any family that we know of, but there is one place I can take you. And so the three of them go over to the Superman um, statue and memorial that's been built by Lex Luthor. We'll talk about that again in the next uh, episode and Bibbo gives uh, enough fare for uh, Mitch to get back home 
whether by plane or by however. He gives him quite a bit of money so that he could uh, he could get him home. Um, and so I'm skipping again the parts right now. We'll come back to this part of the issue as it's a through line through the whole story. Um, but I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman has gone over to find Mitch's dad. Roger Anderson. So he, she knocks on the door and he says, uh, he opens the door. Yes, ma'am. I'm your man. What can I, 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 because Wonder Woman, of course, is gorgeous and drawn by Dan Jurgens. Wow. And bred breeding. She says, if you would have time, if you have time, I would like to discuss a very serious matter regarding your wife and children. And he says, you can't really be, this must be a gag, a singing telegram, perhaps. She says, no, this is quite real. So they talk, uh, and she begins to tell him what's happened to his wife and children since the battle with Doomsday. He has no idea any of this has happened. Meanwhile, uh, we have Maxima of the JLA who is taking food to a homeless shelter. Uh, she's using her powers to levitate it there and flying and landing there. We have uh, Dick Grayson bringing gifts um, to children. And I'm, I'm not sure where, but he's bringing gifts to uh, children there. We also have um, Guy Gardner who reunites the son with his mother who he hasn't, neither of them have seen each other for many years. She's the, the woman who's terminal. And then we go back to Mitch um, and Jimmy and Bibbo. They are there in Centennial Park looking at this statue of Superman. And um, they're talking about how many... How, and Mitch is saying how awesome it is so many people have come out to pay their respects to Superman. Meanwhile, Hal and Wally are helping to rebuild the Anderson house, right, destroyed by Doomsday. And um, and we see on the side, so it's a split page. We've got panels on the left that are Jimmy and Mitch talking about the nature of this memorial, that it's almost like the Vietnam Memorial. And then we have Mitch's mom and sister watching as their house is rebuilt. Um, but considering the fact that your brother is gone, she says, maybe we deserve a Christmas miracle as they are quickly rebuilding her house. And, um, so then Mitch says, hi, Superman. I kind of feel stupid talking to a statue, but who knows? My grandma says my dead grandpa can hear us. So maybe you can too. Now at this moment, which is a nice little, uh, seed planted, Jimmy says, I think I hear something like a muffled drill. And he is indeed hearing that. And we will address that in a future episode. Mitch says, see, I used to figure you for a real loser. Shows what a zero I was. Um, and so Wally and Hal have finished constructing the uh, house for Claire Anderson, who is Mitch's mom. And Mitch is back in Metropolis talking to Superman saying, I know better now. You laid it on the line for his man. My old man had cut out, but not you. And then we go back. We have uh, Wally saying, when we saw your thank you note to Superman, we realized you could use some help. Contrary to popular opinion, we can do more than bash bad guys. A lot more, says Wonder Woman. And she flies in with Roger Anderson. Meanwhile, Mitch is showing a picture of his family, himself in the picture there with his dad and mom and sister, uh, talking about it and looking at the picture. This is my family, my mother Claire, my sister Becky are okay thanks to you. And so um, Roger is telling his wife, Claire, that if I'd have only known, I would have helped out, and I'm so sorry. And then Mitch says before he leaves, thanks, Superman. If you ignored us, you might still be alive today. That took guts. And um, so we have Roger telling Claire, I want things to work. 
And then we have Mitch telling Superman, when I get home, I'll try to get along better with Ma. It's the least I can do to pay you back. And with Dad gone, she really needs help. Meanwhile, Roger Anderson saying to his wife, I want us to be a family again. And um, this final beautiful shot, it's a full page spread of this statue that's been built with Superman, his um, his right arm on his um, his hip, his left arm extended with an eagle alighting uh, on his arm. Beautiful, beautiful uh, image. And uh, we have Mitch telling Jimmy, the world feels a whole lot more empty now, doesn't it? Jimmy saying, hard telling what will happen, but we just have to have hope. Mitch says, easy enough for us. I just wonder if Superman really did have a family somewhere. If so, I sure hope they're holding up okay. And we see also there at the memorial, another part of the park is uh, Jonathan, Martha, Lois, and Lana holding hands together, mourning Superman. Uh, And then, of course, there's a segment right here at the very the, the very last few panels that deals with um, what's happening regarding Superman's tomb and his body, which we will talk about more um, in the full uh, discussion of the Funeral for a Friend story arc. So this is a beautiful story. It, it shows us superheroes doing something more, as, as Wally says, than just fighting bad guys, which I, I love seeing that because we don't, often see that especially these days i mean look at your average superhero movie it's all it's all battles superman i think is is a great example where very few if any people in hollywood or particularly at warner brothers understand the character uh it's all just violence and and uh as we i talked about in in the episode is superman a savior or a brawler and i think we can apply that same question to all superheroes are they just there to fight bad guys? What about helping people? And I think that that we would agree the great heroes are great because they do both, but they also need to be shown more helping. Uh, and we, we don't... I mean, think about how many times in recent Batman, so-called Batman films, we've seen Batman helping people versus fighting somebody, breaking bones, d- driving around with his gadgets and, and uh, you know, fighting. And so that is something that, for whatever reason, is not as much... A factor in storytelling these days, whereas look at Superman the movie, uh, look at Batman even, 89, the Tim Burton film, look at the DC animated universe, uh, and, and of course the comic books of past years like this one. Why this one I think is so beautiful, the Metropolis Mailbag 2, is that Superman's spirit is animating all of these people to do something to help people um, who Superman himself would have helped and tried to help, um, but because he's gone, they want to try and fill that void. And and I, as I'll talk about again when we we look at the whole funeral for a friend, what was so beautiful about this whole story overall, the death and return of Superman, is this sort of we call it today meta contextual element where we in the real world, if you will, are sharing in the morning of Superman's uh, death, right? We're mourning his loss with those characters. Here on on Earth Prime, we are sharing their their pain on that earth. And there is that element too that that of course he is a fictional character and so we hope I think that all of us who are fans hope to try and be like Superman despite that fictional quality because he is an example of the right thing to do and helping people. And that is we an empowerment we feel. 
uh, when we maybe see an image of Superman. There's a study done uh, not long ago, a few years ago, that I will talk about in a full episode, but I'll bring it up now briefly, where um, behavioral scientists were studying altruism and what is it that inspires people just visually to be more altruistic. And so what they did is they, under the the auspices of we need your help to uh, conduct some research, so go and answer these surveys and puzzles. And uh, so there there's two groups. One is in one room and the other is another. And on the wall, there is a painting of a bicycle uh, or a photograph, a large framed photograph of a bicycle. And in the other, an image of a superhero, in particular, Superman. Those people who were in the room with Superman were asked, after the time was up, I know that the time is up and you wouldn't be paid for additional time, but would you mind helping us finish these remaining surveys that we have? The people who were in the room with the image of Superman were more willing to help beyond the required time and knowing they wouldn't get anything in return than were the people who did not have that image there. And that was what they were studying. Of course, they didn't tell the, the folks who were doing the, the tests this. This was they were studying this effect that just an image of someone heroic, and in this case, Superman, had. And I think that's just such a beautiful example of the power of these characters and these modern myths and the symbols and what they represent. And we see that in this issue. We see it in, in of course, the whole story arc uh, from Funeral for a Friend on until Superman does finally return, um, which is a beautiful thing about the reign of the Superman as well, uh, what it means to really be like Superman or to try and be Superman but in the wrong way and for the wrong reasons. And this story is beautiful because we have people saying he's no longer with us, but we will try and carry on in his stead as he would do, we will do. And I think that is is really getting down to the very heart of the power of Superman. You know, Superman had been created in 1938, and I would say the same for Batman and all these other iconic heroes, and all they were were um, brawlers, right? All they were were fighters, and they didn't really do much to help others, to defend the defenseless, help the helpless. I'm not sure we'd still be talking about them today. I wonder if they wouldn't have gone into, and I love this character, but I'm going to mention this because... This is not a character we really associate all that much with what I'm talking about now. You look at a pulp character like the Shadow, his his um, general appeal is no longer really in existence. He's known, of course, to people that are fans, and but but he was not a character that had that that mass consciousness in the way that a Superman, Batman, and, and of course later characters had, because he wasn't a character you would look to and say, I'm inspired now by the shadow to go help people. He's much more about uh, many different other things. Not a villain, but an anti-hero. Whereas with Superman and Batman, Captain America, Wonder Woman, and, and so forth, these characters are still with us, and they are everywhere. They are recognized by almost everyone because even if they don't know the story, even if they've never read a comic book, they know what that means, that Superman symbol an image even of just Superman inspires us. And I think that we see this in the Metropolis mailbag and throughout the whole uh, storyline that is called Funeral for a Friend. So in this Christmas time, of course, uh, we are thinking about our fellow man maybe more than we do at other times of the year. And hopefully we will take it upon ourselves to be Superman 
for those folks who need help, especially right now. I live in South Louisiana, and of course, it's not just here, but this incredible cold. And so for folks who might be out in the elements, uh, folks who might, for whatever reason, maybe they, they need assistance, if you can do that at all, help anyone who needs help, uh, the people in your own family, perhaps, that we sometimes don't even think need help because we did, they don't tell us. How can we be that help to, uh, to those folks in the season of giving and the season of, of humanity, compassion, warmth, uh, and selflessness? So we are inspired by Superman uh, to, to do that. And so this is a beautiful story here. And I should also point out, by the way, I don't know if I made it clear at the beginning of the story, this Metropolis mailbag, both, all of those stories are set during Christmas time. Uh, and so we, we have that as a theme running through this particular issue as well. So I wish to you and yours, your family, friends, all of your loved ones, peace and contentment, joy, um, warmth and love this Christmas and holiday season. I hope that you will have a time to be recreated with your family and your friends, recharge those batteries. I hope you get some time away from work and all the worries that we have to enjoy uh, the people that make life worth living because that is really what it is about. It is about people, uh, and our world forgets that sometimes. It is not about all the other things we are told. It's about, but it is indeed about each other. And so I hope you will uh, be renewed by that and in turn renew others as well as you enjoy this Christmas season and uh, all the other holidays that we celebrate during this time as well. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. And until next time, stay safe.